Hello everyone, and this is Brandon Sklar from the Atlanta Tourism Board, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Today we are going to discuss Atlanta, Georgia, and how it came to be such a great city. We will discuss how the evolution of the city of, of Atlanta, both economically and socially, is centered around three main topics, transportation, overcoming racial inequality, and worldwide recognition so much so that many world-renowned companies have come to establish their headquarters in the fabulous city of Atlanta. At each stage in Atlanta's development, these three elements come into play. Today, Atlanta is a modern city that is really proud of its heritage, and rightfully should be. We have a few special guests today to help us discuss this topic. We have William Hartsfield, who has one of the busiest airports named after him, to discuss how transportation shaped the city of Atlanta. Welcome, Mr. Hartsfield, and thank you for being with us. We also have the Honorable Martin Luther King Jr., who really needs no introduction. We will discuss how the city of Atlanta overcame racial inequality that existed in early Atlanta until today. Welcome, Mr. King, and we are honored to have you with us today. Last but not least, we have the CEO of Coca-Cola, James Quincy, to discuss why his wonderful company and so many other world-renowned companies decide to originally base their company headquarters here in Atlanta. First, I'm going to give you a few interesting facts about Atlanta, just to set up the background. The state of Georgia was the last of the 13 American colonies to be founded. Initially, it was the land that divided the English settlers in North and South Carolina from the Spanish people in Florida. In fact, in 1724, Jean-Pierre Perry suggested that the land should be settled by the English and King George II of England obtained that land so he could increase the trade and wealth for England. And it was named Georgia, after guess who? Yes, King George II himself. The city of Atlanta was founded in 1837. And where was it located? It was actually at the end of the Western and Atlantic Railroad lines. At first, it was named Marthasville, after the then Governor Wilson Lumpkin's daughter's middle name. But then a nickname for Atlanta developed. That nickname was Terminus, which initially meant end of the line that originated in Chattanooga, Tennessee. But Terminus didn't stick, and once again the name was changed to the feminine version of Atlantic, which then became Atlanta. The birth of Atlanta was mainly due to three main developments in the 1830s. The removal of the Creeks and Cherokee Native Americans from northwest Georgia, the discovery of gold and the extension of railroad runs in the middle of the state. These three things attracted people to Atlanta, and in fact, by 1860, Atlanta had 9,554 people and was already the fourth largest state in Georgia. And no surprise, but the population at the time was mainly merchants and railroad men. In 1861, Atlanta joined the Confederacy and became an important city in the South for the Confederacy. As we will hear later, Atlanta was a major supplier at this time of war material and a transportation center for people and these supplies. In 1864, General William Sherman and his troops captured the city, which secured Abe Lincoln's presidential win. But this was at the cost of burning down railroads and parts of the city, which led to the failure of the Confederates. In 1865, the city rebuilt the railroads and cotton became the heart of local economy of the city, as it was traded and transported in and out of Atlanta. 
1868, Atlanta was chosen to replace Milledgeville as the new capital of Georgia. The city's population continued to grow. In fact, in 1900, the population was 90,000. At this time, Atlanta was the largest city in Georgia and the third largest in the southeastern United States. Would you believe that as of 2018, Atlanta's population is nearly five and a half times that number, nearing 500,000? Learning about the developments of Atlanta is interesting and all, but learning about the city's culture and what attracts people to Atlanta is what makes this city special. For example, this city has had a major team in a major sport since 1966, when the Atlanta Braves became the official baseball team for the city. Later on came teams like the Hawks, Falcons, and most recently, Atlanta United. The interesting thing about Atlanta sports is how they have had the ability to host some of the top competitions in the world because of how developed the architecture is in Atlanta, and especially from the stadiums and arenas. The biggest example of this is in 1996, when the Olympics were held in Atlanta because of how attractive the city was across the world. Atlanta has always been ahead of its time in architecture compared to other teams and leagues around the country, and it has been proven over the years that stadiums like Mercedes-Benz Stadium and Truist Park set an example for teams across the country to, replica- to replicate to attract the most fans from the city. Overall, Atlanta has always been known for some of its sports and will continue to be known throughout the country as an attractive city due to the developments within the sports world and in, in Atlanta. <laughs> This is a song that is played at every Atlanta Braves game and every MLB. One quote that is on my mind comes from a speech done by former Mayor Maynard Jackson. It's something that Atlanta has been recognized for. Quote, the city too busy to hate, end quote, is what people know the city as, and it shows that because of the developments and because of the overall beauty of the city and how the city is always moving in the right direction, it's easy to fall in love with Atlanta and you have to want to at least visit here. So now that we are a little familiar with the historical background of the origin of Georgia and the city of Atlanta and how they both got their names, we will now see how three main topics, transportation, overcoming racial inequality, and worldwide recognition with many world-renowned companies have worked to shape the fabulous city of Atlanta through the years. The first of these topics is transportation, and who better to discuss this topic and the transportation guru himself, Mr. William Hartsfield. Welcome again, Mr. Hartsfield, and thank you so much for being here today. So it must be amazing to have one of the largest international airports named after you, but please tell us how transportation played such a large role in how Atlanta came to be. Brandon, thanks for the esteemed introduction, and thanks for allowing me to be here to discuss such a wonderful topic that is near and dear to my heart. Just as you said, during the Civil War, Atlanta was a major supplier of war materials and a transportation hub for people and supplies. In 1865, when the city had to rebuild the railroads, 
cotton became a main commodity, and it was able to be transported easily into and out of Atlanta because of the railroad. The introduction of the car in the early 1900s was a major game changer, and this spread people out of the city and into the suburbs of, of Atlanta. My baby, the airplane, was discovered in the 1920s, and as the mayor, I connected Atlanta to the airline industry with an airfield. Transportation was truly how Atlanta was first recognized on the international market. Between 1941 and 1945, during the time of World War II, Atlanta was the center for traveling by air, car, and train, making it a transportation center in the southeast United States. You've heard of, quote, trains, planes, and automobiles, end quote. Well, that wasn't what Atlanta was known for. In 1947, the Ford Auto Assembly Plant opened in Atlanta, which of course brought interest and jobs as well as economic growth. And in 1970 came the Atlanta International Airport, which is named after me, William Hartsfield, and the former mayor of Atlanta, Maynard Jackson. The airport has become one of the busiest air hubs in the United States, which has led to Atlanta becoming the third busiest, busiest convention center in the United States. Needless to say, that means big economic growth for the city of Atlanta. And shortly after that international airport came the Metropolitan Atlanta Rapid Transit Authority in 1971, which is the public transportation system in Atlanta. So as you can see, transportation via air, train, or automobile was vital to shaping the city of Atlanta, as well as its economy and tourism. Wow, thank you, William Hartsfield. That is so interesting. And once again, congratulations for the airport named in your honor. Thanks for sharing that information with us. And now we will turn to our next guest, who needs no introduction, the Martin Luther King Jr., who will discuss the racial inequality that existed in Atlanta and how this division helped shape Atlanta in many of its cultural aspects. I couldn't think of anyone more appropriate to speak on this topic. Welcome and thanks so much for being here today. Wow, thank you, William Hartsfield. That is so interesting. And once again, congratulations for the airport named in your honor. Thanks for sharing that information with us. And now we will turn to our next guest, who needs no introduction, the Martin Luther King Jr., who will discuss the racial inequality that existed in Atlanta and how this division helped shape Atlanta in many of its cultural aspects. I couldn't think of anyone more appropriate to speak on this topic. Welcome and thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Brandon. It is my pleasure to be here, and thank you so much for bringing this topic to the forefront. I am honored to speak about this subject, since overcoming this divide is my passion. Well, in the early 1800s, African-American slaves were controlled by strict laws, giving them curfews and prohibiting them from living in the city of Atlanta without permission from city council. African-Americans clustered in segregated neighborhoods, which led to the formation of black colleges like Morris Brown College, Clark Atlanta University, and later Spelman and Morehouse, just to name a few. This, in fact, created an, an influential black middle class. In 1895, the Cotton States, an international exposition, which was like a trade show for cotton, brought more people to Atlanta and even displayed a separate, quote-unquote, Negro building, managed by African Americans, which showed promise to black Southerners. This divide demonstrated the increase in segregation happening in Atlanta, and by 1900, the Jim Crow laws were in effect and kept the two races apart. You know what these were? 
There were laws that prohibited blacks from eating in the same restaurants as whites or using white bathrooms. Ridiculous. There were even black-owned buildings on a street called Auburn Avenue, which incidentally is the street on which I was born. In 1946, the Atlanta Negro Voters League started giving 14,500 new African-American voters. So the blacks started to gain strength, and Mayor Hartsfield started to listen to them. In the 1960s, the Civil Rights Movement overthrew Jim Crow, and the desegregation of public schools happened, finally. In 1962, the courts removed city barricades that were put up to prevent blacks from moving into white neighborhoods, so this forced whites to move into the suburbs more. So, in the 1960s, the white population in the city decreased by 60,000, and the black population increased by 68,000. In fact, the 1970 census showed a majority black population in the city. Yvonne Allen Jr. took over after Hartsfield and became a strong supporter of my attempts to end segregation and increase equal rights. The population in 1980 went from 2 million to 4 million in 2000, but still there was some racial divide within the city of Atlanta, having mainly African Americans and Atlanta suburbs having mainly whites. There was a dramatic change which occurred when Maynard Jackson was elected as Atlanta's first African-American mayor. He built a new terminal so the airport was renamed Hartsfield-Jackson and became the busiest airport in the world. And this in turn increased the convention attraction and tourism for Atlanta. So as you can see, we've made great strides in the racial divide in Atlanta. But without this original racial inequality, Atlanta would not be the great city that it is today. It is truly a city of diversity and tolerance. You know the saying, you learn from your mistakes and grow from them. Well, Atlanta certainly has. Thank you, Dr. King. That was so informative and coming from you means so much. Thank you for your lifelong dedication to destroying that racial divide that once existed. And now, last but certainly not least, is James Quincy, the CEO of the Coca-Cola Corporation, who will tell us how the final topic of worldwide recognition has shaped Atlanta. I really want to know why he was attracted to Atlanta and why he decided to establish his great soda company here, and so many other world-renowned companies have followed. Welcome, Mr. Quincy, CEO of Coca-Cola Corporation. We are so honored to have you with us today. Thank you, Brandon. Thanks so much for inviting me. I will tell you how my company was so attracted to Atlanta and why so many other companies are probably attracted as well. In the 1800s, there was a New South philosophy, which emerged by local newspaper editor Henry Grady, who had a vision of more industrial growth and less dependence on cotton and crops. So, as a result, better educational centers emerged. For example, in 1888, the Georgia Institute of Technology opened. Like the Honorable Mr. King mentioned, in 1881, Atlanta hosted a trade show, the International Cotton Exposition which attracted 350,000 people from all over the world. Atlanta was on display for the entire world. In the 1800s, there was a New South philosophy, which emerged by local newspaper editor Henry Grady, who had a vision of more industrial growth and less dependence on cotton and crops. So, as a result, better educational centers emerged. For example, in 1888, the Georgia Institute of Technology opened. Like the Honorable Mr. King mentioned, in 1881, Atlanta hosted a trade show, the International Cotton Exposition, which attracted 350,000 people from all over the world. 
Atlanta was on display for the entire world. With this economic growth brought culture, arts, and sports to Atlanta. The economic emphasis shifted from railroad before 1900 to many diverse economic opportunities after 1900. In fact, in 1925, a national campaign called Forward Atlanta emerged to attract new businesses to Atlanta. And in fact, Sears Roebuck and General Motors came, and which of course also brought jobs. In 1945, yours truly, Coca-Cola supplied Coke to the servicemen during World War II, thus introducing it to the world. We were certainly helping out the servicemen, but they, they too were helping us make a name for ourselves. As Mr. Hartsfield mentioned, in 1947, the Ford Auto Assembly plant opened here in Atlanta, and by 1954, there were 800 new industries in Atlanta. In fact, the following companies all have headquarters in Atlanta, along with us, of course. CNN, UPS, Home Depot, and Delta Airlines, all demonstrating a sign of increased international status. I have to say, having one of the largest international airports in the world, Helps, helps facilitate the shipping of our product to all over the world. The other big event where Atlanta gained international recognition was the 1996 Olympics, which happened right here in the great city of Atlanta. Now Atlanta even has the largest concentration of federal agencies. For example, the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, and Prevention and Dobbins Air Reserve Base, besides Washington, D.C. So as you can see, what attracted me to Atlanta was the international recognition that Atlanta had from being a worldwide convention center attraction, and having one of the largest international airports made it easy to ship products all over the world. It was a no-brainer for me, as well as some of my counterparts. Thank you to all the guests we had on the podcast today. Thank you so much for clarifying that aspect of Atlanta's attraction. It is so interesting and certainly explains why so many world-renowned companies have decided to make their home here in Atlanta as well. As a native of Atlanta, I certainly understand the attraction. I love it here, and I hope you fellow listeners do too. Hopefully after this podcast, you now understand how the great city of Atlanta came to be, and our three main ideas have helped to shape this fabulous city, both economically and socially, through transportation, overcoming the racial divide, and the world-renowned recognition Elena has rightfully earned. Thank you.